Welcome to Lessons in Orthopedic Leadership, an AOA podcast. My name is Charles Goldfarb, and I am joined by my co-host, Alex Aline. In this podcast, we will interview various individuals, primarily in orthopedics, to highlight lessons in orthopedic leadership. These first episodes will feature conversations with AOA program committee chairs, symposium chairs, and key stakeholders for the AOA annual meeting. Today, we are joined by Dr. Jonathan Brayman, who is an associate professor in the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at the University of Minnesota. He specializes in the treatment of shoulder injuries and arthritis. Dr. Brayman completed his medical school and residency training at the University of Washington before going to Mount Sinai for fellowship training in shoulder and elbow. This year, he'll be leading a symposium at the AOA annual meeting entitled Strategies for Recruiting and Retaining Women and Minorities in Orthopedics. Dr. Brayman, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, it's a real pleasure. Thank you for having me on and highlighting our work. I agree. Welcome, and and thank you for taking the time. Uh, This is a hot topic, and I'm so happy to see it on the program. Can you give us a sense of the magnitude and the challenge with recruiting and retaining women and minorities in orthopedic surgery? Yeah, I think it's a really important uh, topic, not only in medicine in general, but even more importantly in orthopedic surgery. You know, we're in an era when over 50% of, of graduates from medical school are women, and yet orthopedics, depending on the numbers, um, are somewhere between 6 and 15%. Um, in addition, uh, underrepresented minorities are even more underrepresented in um, the orthopedic profession than they are in other places. And that's why I think it's such an interesting conversation. Um, we tend to, to look at diversity, those of us who come from the majority group like myself, the white male majority group, tend to look at diversity as a, a single issue. But I think there's good evidence from other professions like the legal profession that programs that might benefit retention or recruitment of uh, people of color might not be as effective at retaining or recruiting women. And so there are additional concepts and issues that need to be addressed depending on your priorities. You bring up some really great points and um, you've got a very uh, great panel. Can you talk a little bit about how kind of the symposium came about, how you got in touch with the panel members and sort of what brought this on? Oh, it's a, it's a fun question. And I think it's really apropos for this um, era that we're in where we're, we're connecting through virtual media Um, uh, I got started on this through Twitter. Um, I have a fairly active Twitter feed, and the major component of it is diversity, and, and uh, particularly as it relates to orthopedics. Um, I, got, I found myself following Dr. Salas, Argavon Salas, who's an outstanding leader in this area, and, and found myself downloading and reading her work. And through that, I got connected with Kate Garrell. Dr. Garrell is I'm a recent graduate from Washington University in St. Louis, and we connected electronically, um, and she did the lion's share of setting up the first round of this uh, work. Um, It became clear to me that I wanted to to expand on uh, this and make it not just a gender conversation, but one about various types of diversity. Um, And uh, Kate and I uh, decided to uh, chat with Scott Porter. Um, I've known Scott for many years, and he's an outstanding thinker in this area with a lot of experience, Um, not only personal experience, but experience leading in this area in his uh, healthcare system. That's fantastic. Uh, It's, again, I I am so looking forward to this. So what sparked 
and, and I will say that I also am active on Twitter. I don't know if I follow you, but I will now. Um, <laughs> I, I, I follow many of the I same do. people <laughs> that, that you mentioned. What sparked your personal interest? I ask that because I'm a father of one son and two daughters, and I look around in orthopedic meetings, and now being active on Twitter, I get a, it's just helped me in so many ways understand the scope of the problem. But what was your impetus for interest in this area? You know, I, it's a good question, and um, I, I don't know exactly what made me passionate about enhancing diversity, um, except that I, I've been blessed in so many different ways to have opportunities that are unique to me and my family. And I think that I, I, I enter the diversity conversation from a different place than somebody who is a person of color or who has um, a different gender identity or who is a woman. Uh, simply because I'm a white male and no one would know my personal backstory unless they got to know me or I chose to share it with them. Um, at the same time, I'm the first physician in my family. Um, I'm the only physician in my family so far. Um, and, and there are a lot of things about my background that make me different from most of the people that sat to my left and my right in medical school classes. Um, you know, my, my parents are first generation college uh, attendees. And so in, in many of these ways, I think it, it, it helps me understand that we all come at the experience of choosing this incredible profession from different places. And what I want to do is I want to get as many people into orthopedics, as many talented, incredible, diverse, free thinking, freewheeling, brilliant people in this profession as I possibly can. It's a fantastic mission. And, and as someone that's trying to push that with our, with our program as well. Um, I, I echo a lot of those sentiments. One of the things that we discuss a lot is it's not just diversity, but it's also inclusion. And I think you kind of mentioned that a little bit in your intro that not only just getting the people in the door, but then retaining them. How do we maintain the diversity in gender and, and minority recruits, but then also faculty maintaining that, recruiting that? What, what are some of the challenges you see there? Well, again, I think that's one of the things that Scott's really contributed, Dr. Porter's really contributed to this um, symposium is uh, his emphasis on not only bringing people in, but making them successful within your organization. Um, I think, you know, there's a series of articles that he had connected me with through the Harvard Business Review, looking at legal, um, legal firms and looking at their recruitment policies. And what's interesting is that if you have policies that emphasize the recruitment and retention of uh, people of color versus recruitment and retention of women, that different messaging and different programmatic development are required to be successful in those two spheres. And it was interesting, at least in one article, it showed that organizations that tried to do both ended up being ineffective at either. And so I think there's a lot of questions that are unanswered about this in terms of how do we do this. But one of the biggest tools that we have is simply creating diversity in our faculties. And when we have people in our faculties who look at those, um, like those who are trying to include in our organization, we're gonna be more effective at having them visit our organization and decide that it's something they wanna join. I think those are great points. What have you seen as the biggest challenges to try to convince colleagues about making this an important mission for them? Um, you mentioned, you know, orthopedics is drastically behind other medical specialties and even surgical subspecialties. I think if you look at us versus urology, we are incredibly behind, um, which doesn't make a lot of sense. 
um, what do you, what have been some of the biggest hurdles you faced? Well, I think there's a couple, and I think that they're all very, very important to engage in this conversation. Um, it's important to recognize that there can be diversity fatigue. I mean, many of us have been hearing this conversation for a long time, and even those of us who are advocates of enhancing diversity can sometimes feel like, you know, it's not my fault, I'm trying. And so I think it's important to engage these conversations in a positive way. And one of the goals of this symposium is to provide people with tools so that instead of just being another, yes, we got to do this, but it's not working, what do we do now? It's a conversation about here are some things you can take home with you to try to enhance the likelihood that when your turn comes to be a, a proponent of uh, these kinds of conversations, you can be effective. Fantastic. What I like about this interview is you've given us the ultimate teaser. You've, you've uh, made us, you've whetted our appetite for more without giving too much away. So uh, perfect, perfect. I, I think we should wrap this up. I really am grateful for your time. Um, more importantly, I'm grateful for your effort in putting together this symposium. And uh, I know Alex and I will be there um, and look forward to learning from you and your colleagues. Of course, thank you so much for giving us a chance, giving me a chance to highlight our work. I look forward to learning from the panel as much as I do of being a part of it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.